You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Braitman. Today, we're breaking down an important topic with John Farragon, mixing and matching COVID-19 vaccines. Thanks for being here as always, John. Yeah, thanks, Mariana, so much for having me here today. So, John, what do we know about boosters as of now? All right. So first thing, you know, anytime we talk about COVID or boosters or anything, we always have to tell you like when we're recording this, right? This is kind of like the middle of November, roughly 11th or 12th November around in there. Um, <clears throat> uh, just some background on boosters. So on August uh, August of, of uh, 2021, uh, the 23rd, <coughs> the FDA approved um, the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for prevention of COVID-19 in, in people who are 16 years uh, and older. So that's a formal FDA approval. Um, so they also expanded um, the vaccine uh, and it also continues to be available under the EUA, which is that emergency use authorization um, for individuals 12 years of age and older, and for the administration of a third dose in certain uh, groups of people, immunocompromised people, um, and also for a single booster uh, in people who are 65 or, or older. Um, if you're 18 to 64 and you're at high risk for severe COVID-19, you can also get a booster in the EUA. And also, if you have uh, uh, frequent institutional or occupational exposures to SARS-CoV-2 and you're 18 to 64, you can also, um, you're also authorized to receive a booster under that EUA. So it's kind of weird, right? So the approval for the, for the two-dose regimen uh, is for 16 and old, older. And basically, everything else is all pretty much under the EUA and not under the formal FDA approval. So it gets a little confusing when you're dealing with the Pfizer because some of its parts of it, parts of the label are approved. And then part of the, the other things that we're doing with it are under, still under the emergency use authorization, not under uh, formal FDA approval yet. Um, so then just recently in, in October of 2021, last month, the FDA author authorized the use of what we call hetero, um, um, hetero, hetero, heterologous, sorry, um, um, uh, it's a better term kind of a mix and match, so heterologous or, or mix and match strategy for booster doses ineligible populations with currently available COVID-19 vaccine. So what this really means is that um, in short, you know, the Pfizer uh, COVID-19 vaccine, vaccine recipients that fall into one of the authorized categories for boosters can actually receive the Moderna vaccine. And again, being aware that if you get the Moderna, it's going to be half the original dose series. It's only 0.25 mils instead of 0.5 mils. Um, and then for Pfizer, 
vaccine or the Janssen. You need Pfizer or Janssen for your booster. Uh, and that vaccine should be given at least six months after completing the primary vaccination. So there's a big study that looked at mixing and matching uh, these, uh, these boosters as well. So what would you say has, you know, changed recently in light of all this? Well, I think the most thing, the most important thing for us to highlight is that really that the single, the use of a single booster uh, for the Moderna vaccine may be administered at least six months after completion of the primary series. And that's going to be a half dose. So that's the most important piece of this is that for people to realize that it's not the full dose that you got for your first two doses for the Moderna. When you get your booster, it's only a quarter uh, ml, 0.25 mls versus 0.5. So it's it's half of that dose. <clears throat> In that primary series, the people who should get it, the booster are going to be 65 and older, 18 to 64 uh, years old with severe uh, high risk of severe COVID-19. And if you have frequent or institutional or occupational exposures to COVID, SARS-CoV-2 and you're 18 to 64, you should also get it. Um, I think the use of a single boost uh, dose of Janssen, uh, this one is a little bit different because it's actually a two-month window, but the COVID-19 vaccine for, J- for J&J or the Janssen uh, vaccine um, may be administered at least two months after completion of the single dose primary regimen to people who are 18 and older. So let's say you got your your Janssen vaccine a month ago, you would wait till two months after you got your last dose, and then you could get a second dose of Janssen as your booster. Um, the use of, uh, of the available COVID-19s as that mix and match, I, I think really um, uh, is interesting and helpful because it allows you to kind of use different vaccines to complete your primary um, uh, after you've completed your primary vaccination series to make sure if you get the booster, you can use uh, different, a different brand. So basically to clarify, <clears throat> a single dose of the Pfizer um, uh, BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is, would be administered at least six months after the completion of the primary series uh, in, in individuals 18 to 64 with frequent or institutional occupational exposure to SARS-CoV-2. Um, so the bottom line is if you've got, if you've got Moderna, um, and in Pfizer, and you're six months out, you can either get one or the other, or you can get chance and you get anything you want. But if you get Moderna, uh, you would have to get half dose 0.25 mLs for the booster. If you got Janssen and you're two months out, you can either get another Janssen or else you can get, um, uh, you can, you can get, uh, um, uh, you can get the Pfizer BioNTech or the, or the, or the, um, the Moderna as well, but the Moderna would, would be half dose. Hopefully that's, that's, that's makes sense. It's a little bit confusing. So. So what does the data tell us about the Moderna booster in particular? Yeah. So this is relatively new. So the, there was authorization for the emergency use uh, for the single booster of the Moderna uh, vaccine. The FDA looked at immune responses from just under 150 patients, uh, 18 years of old or older uh, from the original clinical studies who received a booster dose, again, at least six months after their second dose, and what they did was they compared it to the immune response responses of just over a thousand study participants who had just completed their two dose series. So basically, they're looking at what does the booster look like um, after six months after you after you at least six months after you received Moderna. What do those numbers look like from an immune response compared to the people who just got a two dose series? So very kind of a good way to kind of look at it. So basically, that antibody response uh, was 29 days after the booster dose 
of the vaccine was um, uh, was was administered. So the, the FDA analyzed all this data um, and they compared the rates of COVID-19 as well. Uh, and again, a lot of this data was occurring during the Delta variant surge in July and August, which really suggests that um, uh, there potentially is a waning of the vaccine effectiveness uh, over time because they did show that the that the antibody levels were lower. So safety was evaluated in 170 roughly participants who were also 18 years of, of age. Most common reported side effects from clinical trial participants who got you know the the booster dose from Moderna: uh, pain at the injection site, tiredness, headache, muscle or joint pain, chills, the lymph nodes swollen. Uh, swollen lymph nodes sometimes can happen. Uh, in the same arm as the injection, nausea and vomiting and fever. Uh, of note, the, the swollen lymph nodes underneath the arm were observed more frequently following the booster dose than with the primary two-dose series. So if you're looking at side effects, the one thing that did show that was a little bit different was that there were a higher rate of those, that lymph node swelling uh, in um, in the people who, compared to those people who just got the two-dose uh, two series. Some of the ongoing analysis from the FDA and the CDC from their safety surveillance systems have identified increased risks of uh, inflammatory heart conditions, myocarditis and pericarditis following vaccination with the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine, particularly following the second dose. So typically onset of those symptoms have been a few days following vaccination. Um, and this is observed risk is definitely higher among males under 40 and particularly males 18 to 24, uh, more than, uh, than, than among females and, and older males. So again, anybody from 18 to 24 who's getting Moderna, this is a potential uh, potential concern. Um, interesting enough, myocarditis really, by definition, has to be uh, diagnosed through biopsy, and a lot of times the biopsies aren't available. So <clears throat> that's the other hard part to kind of know for sure if somebody really has myocarditis without a biopsy. Um, there's other ways, other clinical criteria that people use, but um, just to be clear. As we said before, the Moderna COVID-19 single booster dose is half the dose that's administered um, for the primary series dose. And it's again, administered at least six months after completion of a primary, primary series of, of that vaccine. And what about the Janssen or Johnson and Johnson COVID-19 booster data? What can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I, in my mind, this may be unfair, but I feel like this is, this, this is like, uh, cause it's like, it's, it's only two months after the first dose. I almost feel like it's just a two dose series, but they're calling it a booster, so I'll just go with it. So uh, the authorization for emergency use of a single boost booster uh, is based on an evaluation of immune response data. These are this is from 39, only 39 people actually, in a clinical trial that include 24 participants, 18 to 55 years of age, and 15 who are older, over 65. And basically they received a booster dose of Janssen uh, two months after their first dose, uh, and their results demonstrated a booster response. So basically the, the response was actually higher in that after getting that, 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 that dose number two, that, that booster dose. So if you look at the 9,000 clinical trial participants who received two doses of Janssen um, administered at least two months apart um, of, of these, approximately 2,700 of them had at least two months of safety follow-up after the booster dose. And the safety analysis in these studies have not identified any new safety concerns. I think the Earlier analysis that, that identified TTS, which is um, thrombosis with, with thrombocytopenia syndrome, that TTS uh, certainly does happen. Um, and again, uh, it's highest in females aged 18 to 49. I think everybody's pretty much aware of that. We've talked about that before. Um, and, and additionally, some of the safety surveillance suggests uh, 
an increase of, of specific neurologic disorder called Guillain-Barre uh, within 40 days following receipt of, of a Janssen vaccine as well. That's also been, been out there and people have been aware of. <clears throat> okay, so now the million dollar question for today's conversation, what about mixing and matching vaccines? You know, can people do it? Is it safe? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the um, the FDA uh, is has authorized you know the use of this mix and match strategy for currently available. Again, these are the either the FDA authorized or approved COVID nineteen vaccines. Um, so the way these studies were done, basically, they had basically patients in each arm, and each of them were able to get different boosters with different drugs or with different vaccines, and um, and it was actually done through an NIH study. Um, but they've they've considered that this is safe. As another option, especially in places where you might not be able to get the drug that for wherever you are, you might not be able to get Pfizer that day or Moderna that day. And I think they're trying to make it easier. So if you really want the booster and you're there, just get whatever you can get, I think is, is the kind of the strategy. Um, so really to determine that the potential benefits um, of the use of, of a single you know, mix and match strategy really outweighs the potential risk of their use in some of these eligible populations. So a single booster dose of any of the available COVID-19 vaccines can be administered as a mix and match booster dose strategy um, once somebody has completed the primary vaccination series um, with, with one of the different COVID-19 vaccines. Now, no, obviously realizing that Janssen, the primary vaccination just was just one dose and the second dose two months later would be would be a booster. That's kind of the story with that. I, I think at this point, you know, if people need to do mixing and matching, it's certainly reasonable uh, and certainly safe based on the data that we have so far. Can you give listeners some examples to get a better sense of, you know, what this all means? Yeah. So I think I think um, let's just do some examples. Let's say somebody received the Janssen COVID-19. So if they're 18 years of age and older, uh, they may receive a single booster of either Janssen, Moderna, uh, or at, you know, at the half dose, or Pfizer, at least two months after receiving their, their Janssen COVID-19 primary vaccination. So that's the first thing. Let's say somebody got Moderna, <coughs> COVID-19, or the Pfizer, um, then if they're falling into one of the authorized categories for, for a booster, again, being over 65 18 to 64 with high risk or 18 to 64 with frequent um, institutional occupational exposures, um, they can receive a booster of either Moderna half dose, right, which is the 0.25 ml or Pfizer full dose uh, vaccine, or they could even get the Janssen as a booster. Um, again, but that would have to be at least six months after completing their primary, their primary vaccination if they're going to get the, um, uh, if in, in that setting, if they got Janssen or or sorry, if they got Pfizer or Moderna first. So the individual fact sheets have all been updated and uh, they're on the CDC website for this. But you know, I think the bottom line is, you know, if you if you got, you know, some people might be partial to receiving. Um, I personally think like Janssen, I think Janssen are reasonable for the, the best antibody response period to be if you got Moderna, right? So people may do that. People may say, well, I don't want to mix and match. I just want to stay with Janssen. You can do that. Or if they say, well, I really want to get the Pfizer you know, somebody told me there's less side effects, which again, a lot of times isn't true. All the things that people say, you know, they can do that. So I think it just gives people more flexibility for getting that booster dose and, and makes it a lot easier for the healthcare providers that are delivering it because of whatever they have that day, they can pretty much use anything to, for, for a booster shot for anybody that's there. Again, depending on the timing, two months versus six months, depending on which, which ones you got in your primary series. So John, what's the bottom line here? What should providers take away from all this? 
Well, bottom line is we have recommendations for boosters for all three vaccines, you know, in certain populations. And now we have to, we have data to support this mix and match strategy. So I think please, uh, you know, be sure we still focus on getting the unvaccinated people vaccinated as soon as we can. But the boosters, again, are going to offer more protection for some of these, some of these at-risk, at-risk groups. And I think that's the, that's really, really the key. And this mix and match strategy, I think, just opens it up to provide more options for people uh, who are looking to get, get boosted. John, thanks so much for coming on today and telling folks how they can keep themselves and others safe with this latest update on COVID-19 boosters. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaaetc.org. That's www.nikaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaaetc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaaetc.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.